Welcome to the podcast Slavery Unraveled. Conversations about being modern slavery free by Be Slavery Free, a charity working together to prevent, disrupt and abolish modern slavery globally. G'day and welcome to the podcast Slavery Unraveled. I'm Fuzz Kiddo, the co-director of Be Slavery Free. This is the fourth in a mini-series on prevention in modern slavery. We've looked at the importance of prevention and how it's better to build a fence at the top of the cliff than to run an ambulance at the bottom of the cliff. Then we looked at the role of business, then the role of governments, and in this podcast, we are looking at the role of consumers in civil society. So as we say, these are the three legs of the society store, and each have a place to play and things to do and roles to fulfill when it comes to prevention in modern slavery. We have a simple change theory. We cut it back from uh, one which uh, came from an association we're in, which had seven pages describing the theory of change. Uh, It was far too big. It took too long to explain. Our change theory now goes like this. Slave traders buy and sell people. They do it to make money. A lot of money. In consuming countries, we can choose what we buy. Buyers have great power as we are able to choose what we buy and if consumers ask companies what they are doing to check for modern slavery, then finding out which countries are making efforts to trace where their goods are coming from and find out what is happening there, uh, this can inform consumers' buying choices. Companies are focused on making products and profits. So if they know what consumers don't want goods uh, produced, if they don't want goods produced from modern slavery, they can tell the farms, factories and fishers they can't accept goods made uh, from modern slavery. Then it cuts back the demand for slavery and we can starve the slave traders and reduce the demand. Even primary school children get this. And we love starving slave traders. So what is the role of consumers in civil society in preventing modern slavery? And I want to look at three areas in this podcast. The first is campaigning. Reputation is key for a company, as it is for the political aspirations, both in the country and internationally uh, from parties and those in government. And sometimes these two come together. Let me tell you about the cotton campaign that Be Slavery Free was a part of. We joined together with partners around the world, and we did it because Uzbekistan was a key cotton-producing country. It's the sixth largest in the world, but it was higher. And here's our story. When the cotton campaign launched in 2007, the Uzbek government was forcing over one million children and adults, including medical staff, public sector employees and students to pick cotton every year during the harvest for nothing, no pay. Many had poor water and inadequate food, and there were reports of deaths with them doing this. In 2009, Uzbek civil society activists launched a petition calling for a boycott of Uzbek cotton to raise awareness of the scale and impact of the abuses. Several brands had already banned forced labour and Uzbek cotton in their supply chains were uh, falling within this. Many others joined following the 
the call by civil society, the cotton campaign consolidated these efforts by launching the Uzbek Cotton Pledge. Over 330 brands and retailers signed the pledge and publicly committed to not use Uzbek cotton in their products as long as it is produced with state-orchestrated forced labour. Around 100 of these 330 brands were on the Australian Stock Exchange. We were so proud of them. The pledge was critical to the success of our work. Under pressure from the boycott and the Cotton Campaign's accountability actions, the Uzbek government stopped forcing children to pick cotton by 2014. However, it continued to deny the forced labour problems and attempted to prevent reporting. Children were no longer forced to pick cotton, but adult forced labour intensified during this period. The arrests and retaliations against labour rights uh, defenders escalated in 2015. The cotton campaign and Uzbek activists continued to push for reform. In addition to the pledge, we used a wide range of research, policy, legal and campaigning tools, which included independent monitoring of the annual cotton harvest in Uzbekistan by Cotton Campaign's core frontline partner, Uzbek Forum for Human Rights. Human rights advocacy with governments and international finance institutions and the global brands and retailers were those that we brought in as partners as a part of this campaign. Accountability actions against the Uzbek government included promptly reporting on the international arena on cases of arbitrary detention, threats and degrading ill-treatment against human rights activists and independent labour monitors and advocacy with the government of Uzbekistan to engage constructively in Uzbekistan's reform process. In 2017, after a decade of international pressure, the government of Uzbekistan embarked on an ambitious reform program to end systemic state-imposed forced labour. But with its primary focus on economic reforms, the Uzbek transformation process was not sufficiently emphasised. The need to, to empower civil society and develop effective institutions for transparency and accountability in the cotton sector was brushed over. After years of intense policy advocacy and campaigning, led by Uzbek and uh, those of us in the, the coalition in the cotton campaign, combined with the Uzbek government's political will, State-imposed forced labour is no longer used in the cotton harvest. And in February 2022, the ILO made the declaration that there was now no state-enforced labour in the production of cotton in Uzbekistan. Now we have the task of saying to fashion companies and users of the cotton, please use Uzbekistan cotton again. But the pushback has really seen reluctance because they still think it is a risk because they were involved in modern slavery. But if companies don't start using Uzbek cotton now, and uh, then it's not seen to have any benefit to stop modern slavery. And we're not going to have uh, the buy-in that there is needed to really get the, the benefit from stopping modern slavery and supporting human rights. So now we're doing the reverse of what we did, where we said, please don't consciously, uh, knowingly use Uzbekistan cotton. 
Now we've got to say, please use that so that we've got traction in other areas. And that's really important because now their neighbours, Turkmenistan, saw the profits to be made from forced labour in the cotton industry and now they're doing what they saw in Uzbekistan. And so it goes on. Slavery Free is a coalition of organisations. We believe the only way we can effectively tackle modern slavery is together. We're donor funded, which means that the way we can do our work with consumers, companies and governments is donations from the public. So if you'd like to be a part of stopping modern slavery, go to our website, beslaveryfree.com and click on the donate button on the top right hand corner. It will take you to the ways that you can support it. Now back to the podcast. The second thing civil society and consumers can do is to prevent modern slavery. Uh, to prevent modern slavery is to raise awareness and to educate and to advocate. Civil society organisations play a crucial role in raising awareness about modern slavery amongst individuals, communities, and decision makers. By organising campaigns, hosting events, and utilising various media platforms, we can educate the public about the signs, the impact, and what actions to take to prevent modern slavery. Sarita was a year 10 student, and I love this story. She heard about what was happening with modern slavery in the clothing industry through our postcard campaigns we were running at that time, and decided it was not good enough. She got some friends together at school, and they formed a Facebook group, and together they decided that the school uniforms that they were wearing uh, as they discovered in their research, could have slavery and even child labour in the supply chain. Other children making the uniforms that they were wearing seemed too much, so they campaigned to get ethically sourced school uniforms into their school and other schools. She wrote to the Minister for Foreign Affairs, Bronwyn Bishop, explaining uh, how they were uh, really feeling about modern slavery and what was happening, and that the government should take more actions to help prevent it. The minister thought the world of her and what the group was doing and quoted her on a number of occasions and got the department to work more on the issue. It is one of the things that we think um, uh, really led to the appointment in DFAT, the Department of Foreign Affairs and Trade, to appoint a department ambassador for human trafficking. Sarita and a group went on to campaign in her school to get ethically sourced food into their canteen, campaign, <laughs> the canteen, and used their campaign uh, that we were running in chocolate to resource uh, uh, resource them to help raise the issue and give something that, that gave them something that they could do at school. When she finished high school, she went to Cambodia and she volunteered with alongsiders that I told you about in the first podcast on prevention. There she worked with vulnerable children in a community in Phnom Penh to help prevent them being vulnerable to modern slavery. Her group was also a member of the earlier version of Be Slavery Free when we were called Stop the Traffic. It was our smallest group in the coalition, but it was also one of our favourites. And they were active in their school and those have gone on to raise awareness around their communities, in their families and with their friends. Civil society groups can advocate for stronger laws, for stronger policies and regulations at local, national and international levels to combat modern slavery. They can engage with governments, 
corporations and other stakeholders promoting the, the, the implementation and enforcement of robust anti-slavery measures. Many faith-based groups in civil society, from churches to mosques, synagogues and temples, are actively working in this way and have an incredible effect in their communities. Rotary International and in their districts and clubs have RAGAS, the Rotary Action Group Against Slavery. I spoke at the International Rotary Convention in Melbourne uh, in, uh, in March this year with Chris Kruther, uh, sorry, in June this year, with Chris Kruther, who led the federal government's inquiry into modern slavery and now is the Shadow Attorney General in Victoria, and with Christine Carolyn from ACRATH, the, the Australian Catholic Religious Against Trafficking of Humans. Uh, Chris spoke about getting the Modern Slavery Act through Parliament, and we worked closely with him during that period. Christine talked about the prevention measures that they do with ACRATH through schools work, supporting survivors and offering friendship, food and support to foreign workers in the fruit and vegetable picking groups coming to Australia. And I talked about working with businesses, the campaigns and the tools to help businesses. This is the capacity of civil society working together uh, with government and with others to be able to do the prevention. Civil society groups can advocate for stronger laws and policies and regulations, as I said, at all levels of government to combat modern slavery. They can engage with governments and with others and promote and raise the awareness and enforcement of robust measures to really make a difference. The third thing civil society and consumers can do is to choose what they buy. Whenever we buy something made by modern slavery, in, in, in a real sense, we're supporting slavery. Civil society can encourage people to make ethical purchasing choices by supporting businesses that prioritise simple supply chain transparency and actively combat modern slavery. By promoting responsible sourcing and sustainable practices, they can influence consumer behaviour and put pressure on companies to take responsibility for their supply chains and what is happening within it. One of our Be Slavery Free Free Coalition members is Baptist World Aid. They put out the Ethical Fashion Guide and create tools and resources to help consumers to choose what they want to support with their buying power. And a lot of people use their resources because they don't want to support slavery. Be Slavery Free puts out every year the chocolate scorecard. This helps people know which chocolate companies are making the efforts to counter the child labour and other slavery in the growing areas, uh, in the cocoa growing areas in chocolate. And also, of course, looking at the environmental areas which intersect in with this. So civil society can use people power to campaign with areas that need to change. Civil society can raise awareness, educate and advocate. And civil society can promote uh, ethical buying by consumers and those within our communities. So with governments and businesses, civil society has a role to play in preventing modern slavery. None of these areas can be done by himself, just in one of these sectors, government, business or civil society, each have roles to play and each have capacity to support the others in prevention. 
So out of this area, you can get informed and share it with others. You can join a campaign. You can choose what you buy. And you can use the resources to help you uh, with each of these, which are on our website, beslaveryfree.com. And of course, you can choose to support us, to help us, to help others by financially supporting us to prevent modern slavery. This has been Fuzz Kiddo, and may you have a slavery-free day. Well, this has been Slavery Unraveled, conversations about being slavery-free. And remember, if you want more resources, go to our website, beslaveryfree.com, and there you can also donate to us if you click the donate button in the top right-hand corner.